Dave Swain with Vision Technology Management. And uh, just to give you a little bit of background on myself, uh, this is one of the first that uh, we're uh, starting with this podcast. But uh, I've been in uh, the precision ag or the ag technology business for about 25 years. I've been in the ag industry really all of my life, but professionally for about 34 years. And uh, just starting out to uh, really look at the ag technology business. And I would like to introduce uh, Doug Johnson. Uh, I'll let him do his own background so he I don't screw things up. So, Doug, uh, give me a little bit of background about yourself. Uh, Dave, uh, thank you very much, and thanks for inviting me. Super excited about this podcast. Doug Johnson, very similar story to Dave. I've been in the ag industry 30 years. Uh, we have a family farm, generation number four, dating back to 1892, um, and we have some really exciting topics I think we're going to talk about today, Dave. Mm -hmm. So yeah. let's go ahead and get going here. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, what I really wanted to start out with on this, uh, on this uh, episode is really looking at technology and agriculture in general. Uh, we've, we've been at this probably streamlined for about 25 or so years. Started out with you know grid sampling and variable rate. Uh, and then we took the big leap into auto steering. So there's been a lot of things that have been happening in the ag technology sector in a lot of different perspectives, whether it is crop production, livestock, whatever. But one of the most expensive tools that on any operation, I think, is the one that you're paying for and isn't really getting utilized or not getting the full return on your investment. And really looking at whether it's an agribusiness or at a producer level, what do you think about implementation of the technology? Why did they buy it? What did they expect from it? And then how did they really actually make use of it at the end of the day? What are your thoughts on that, Doug? Dave, that is <clears throat> number one great topic. And I think it goes back to that old rule of thumb, that 80-20 rule. You buy 100% of the software, 100% of the software, but you end up utilizing 20% of it. And most people overbuy in the technology and have 80% of the costs that they're not using. And I think one of the big challenges we have and have always had, ag technology is evolving so quickly and it's evolving at a quicker pace than it's ever gone before. Where do you focus your energy as we look forward. There's this ag tech that's been around. And I would say, you know, the argument of precision agriculture, Dave, has been around since day one of agriculture, day one of farming. Precision ag to me, growing up on the farm, is keeping the cultivator between the rows on a side hill and not cultivating out the corn. That was that was done by me turning around, watching where it's going and where I've been. And now we have the auto steer. So that era where technology has changed and evolved, I think is nothing to what we're about to see on the technology of where it's headed, specifically in data analytics. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We are probably, Dave, going to see farms being run more by data then we are going to see farms run by the act of producing the crops. Producing. So kind of a money ball type of approach going into farming then. 
It is. It is. And so some of the prior <clears throat> conferences, events I presented at, I actually, Dave, have a slide. And it's a little controversial, but it really gets the groups engaged. The slide says, can a non-farm kid farm equally as well as a traditional farm kid? And I want everyone to think about that. Could a non-farm kid, someone that grew up in a city, come out to the farm? In theory, could they farm as well as a kid that grew up on a multi-generational farm? You ready for the answers on that? I'll tell you Absolutely. what producers have told me. I talked to a producer that manages a 20,000 head feedlot, pretty big feedlot. And I asked him, I, I said, what do you think? He said, well, I'm going to give you two answers. A farm kid that grew up not on the farm could probably farm as good in the crop sector because they have YouTube, they have self-driving tractors, they have technology that they could actually go through the field, do the planting, do the spraying, learn when and what to do and what to look for from the crop world. He said, now, in the livestock sector, I think it'd be very difficult for a non-farm kid to come in and look at the livestock because you have to understand what you see in their eyes. Are they up moving around? Are they up eating? Are they standing alone? That takes time to learn that. But I thought it was really an interesting perspective that his argument was non-farm kids actually have a little bit of advantage in the crop world because they don't have the baggage that came from learning how mom and dad did it, grandpa and grandma did it, and the heritage did it. They look at the non-farm kids walking to the farm as a business, solely driven by the numbers, not by the emotion of, I want to drive the tractor. That's interesting you say that because I, I was a product of, in essence, the 80s. I grew, I was born in the 60s. I planned on going home to the family farm after college. But mom and dad always wanted to make sure that I went to college, got as much education so I could come back and run it as a business. But it was always the lifestyle of the family farm. It was always about it's a great lifestyle to have. And I graduated in the 80s. Well, the 80s wasn't a great time for going home to the family farm. And so I didn't have that opportunity. But in the meantime, I really learned that it's while it's still a great lifestyle, farming is a business. And we have to make business decisions every day on so many different levels that I think really has to play into that. And you're right. There's too many times we get caught up in the way that we've always done it that we don't think about a true business decision. That's a great point, Doug. It, 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 as we look historically, that's got us here. And that's, but farming back in the 70s, 80s was before all the GPS and all the high tech was actually, farming was done by experience and intuition, right? Mm -hmm. Today's world of agriculture, so much of that experience and the lessons that has been replaced by the data tells you this. This is what needs more fertilizer. This is what needs more lime. This, and it's not that 
we don't need that historical reference. We need it more than ever. But the data, we just have to watch very closely what the data could tell us and be able to adapt it into the farm operation going forward. Okay, so, so this is where we are today. And I think the real question, whether it was back, you know, when grandma and grandpa were doing it, or 25 years ago when the, the ag technology really started, to where we are today, there's so many things out there. Oh. I mean, ch ch changes are hard. I don't care what generation you're talking about. But let's look at the business decision of how do we decide? There's so many things out there. How do I decide not just who, but what? What do I do? What product or what management thing do I need to address and how do I address it? What products do I use to address it? How do we drive that decision when we look at where this marketplace is? I, I've seen a list of different products in different ag sectors. So it's not just, you know, crop production or livestock production, but it's it includes fleet management, aquaculture, all these different things, okay? But I saw a list, and I don't. I know for a fact because I saw didn't see products on that list that I knew were there. I saw a list of 865 different products addressing ag technology. That's a lot, and like I said, I know for a fact it wasn't all inclusive. So now, how do I decide? Where do I start? Dave, I think that's. That's an age old question because the new technology is always new to us. <clears throat> we are seeing a proliferation of new tech coming at us quicker than we have ever seen it in the past. And one of the things that I that I talk to producers about, even ag lenders, you know, the ag industry, I say with all the new technology, where do you focus and what should you ignore? Where, where's the noise versus what should you really pay attention to? Here, here's what I sum it up as. First of all, you need to come up with a three to five year plan for your operation, your farm or your ranch. Where do you wanna have your farm and ranch end up in the next three to five years? Not everybody wants to get bigger. Not everybody wants to grow. Some people want to maintain. So number one, to me, you have to define where you want to be. Number two, then you have to start to talk to your network, talk to other producers. You have to talk to the Dave Swains of the world. This is what you're so good at, Dave, is helping people understand the noise from where they want to be. You got to pick a path. Mm -hmm. That that's hard to do solo. I call it the alpha, the alpha dog. The alpha dog wants to make all the sole decisions, run their operation in their own way. But it's too hard today to not get that outside network. Mm -hmm. So, Dave, when you're talking to producers and uh, people, one of the things I've done is what where do you want to be three to five years from now? Now let's work backwards. Mm -hmm. And let's look at two years from now, how would you get there? Now look at next year, 
now look at this year's goals. Too many people make the mistake of focusing on this year. Here's what I want to plant. Here's what I have to watch for. And here's when I when I'm gonna harvest. Here's my potential yield. Yep. That's too much of a short term, and that's where all 865 companies become noise. Mm-hmm. So it's to find a strategy, work yourself back, and figure out what you can afford, how much of that tech you can use, and where the payback. My dad, lifelong farmer, always would say, if I can't make it pay for itself, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. He described the little rule of thumb. I buy 100% of what I need, and I use 100% of what I bought. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and the thing about it is, is, is really making sure you're managing the expectation of that product, because yeah. we, we may have an expectation of something that it has no capability of, of fulfilling. And so really looking at what does that look like and how do we address it? And really looking at the prioritization of, like you said, what does that look like three to five years from now? And how do we prioritize that and making sure we make decisions that will most impact toward that goal, not just change for the sake of change? And it's really looking at how do we prioritize that and and, and address it with what we already have on the operation. Let's not forget a lot of this technology is bought when we buy something else. Yeah. When we buy a tractor, we get a lot of technology on it standard. So why aren't we making the most of that purchase right off the bat? Yeah. Then we worry about buying the peripherals and the things that we can add to it to add more value and, and, and gain some decision-making capabilities. And Dave, this is where I think people lose their way a little bit. Where my farm is very different than our neighbor's farm, yet we're neighbors and we farm the same crops. Mm -hmm. My goals, my objectives is different. Mm -hmm. We wanted, so this is where I, I really encourage everyone, don't try and do this decision, the goal planning, the next three to five year goal planning alone. That's what Dave brings to the table is the perspective of 30 years from multiple producers, what has worked, what hasn't worked, because at the end of the day, it is your farm. It is your ranch. And how you make decisions is different than everyone else, even though in theory it's the same. So that, that would be my biggest advice to producers is look forward plan backwards and reach out and talk through different strategies. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Doug, I think, I think we've pretty much used up our time today. Do you have any closing, closing comments before we sign off? I do one to all of our farmers, to all of our ranchers, to our ag lenders, you are the one percenters. Everything you do is the most important for our nation. And I want to thank each one of you for doing what you do in a day in and day out basis. It is so critical to our backbone. Fantastic. I couldn't agree more. Well, I'll, I'll make my own shameless plug. Doug has, Doug has done that for me pretty well as well. Uh, again, uh, 
This is I, I own Vision Technology Management. And and if you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, call me 765-701-0493 or email me at dave.swain at visiontech, T-E-C-H, management, M-G-M-T dot com. And uh, would love to have this conversation with you in more detail to help you address these technology needs, help you prioritize those needs. The biggest thing to, to finally, you know, end this uh, in this episode is you must be strategic in your thinking. Develop the tactics to accomplish your goals and be intentional in your actions to be successful. I appreciate the time that you've uh, spent listening to us. And we look forward to the next episode. Uh, thank you, Doug, for your time as well. And uh, we'll be talking with you later. Thank you. Have a great day.